0: yeah we're live Zane hit it all right welcome back everybody this is EOS radio live thank you everyone for joining us today we've got some excellent guests to talk about the insides and possible future of EOS it's the chain with the most liquidity everyone's got their interest in it but other chains are starting to come up around the corner so we're here to discuss how do we see EOS in the future? Just what's going on? And we got a lot of great developers. So let's uh, do a quick round of uh, introductions. Ash, let's uh, let's start with you. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, you, sharing, you're welcome. sharing your perspectives. Yeah, you know, it's good to be back. <clears throat> I think we had a week off last week. Um, I can't remember why, but whatever. Next, next Wednesday is Christmas, so we're not going to have a show on Christmas, most likely. I don't know. Zane and I might get a wild hair and just jump on for a little bit our, ourselves. And then the next Wednesday is New Year's Day, and Man. so I'm not sure if we're going to have a show for two weeks here. So you know, we th- this is a big uh, this is a big show for us. We got a lot of great guests today, covering a really cool topic. You know, I started thinking about this a while ago, and then I saw our old buddy here, James Mart, um, on Twitter saying the same thing about. Uh, may EOS mainnet or public blockchain here become the financial hub of EOS IO. And I thought it was a really great, really great idea and a really great use case for EOS uh, main net. So, yeah, really excited. I don't think we have any updates um, before we get going. You know, I will say that Zane and I are currently trying to evaluate what we're going to focus on next year in 2020. And we don't know if it's going to be EOS radio or not. This show may not exist next year. And I just want to throw that out there for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it really depends on the type of engagement we get from the community, uh, the type of appreciation we get from the community, and maybe even some sponsorships next year at some point. I realize that no one has money right now. And so we are right there with everyone. But just letting everyone know, keeping it real and transparent here for uh, EOS radio. uh, We love doing the show. But, you know, at some point, you got to make money doing something and this show doesn't do it. But uh, we're we're trying to find ways to keep this show going because I know that there are, um, are a lot of fans out there that listen to this. I enjoy it. Zane enjoys it. We get to talk to a lot of great guys, a lot of great people. I don't want to be called anything here, but
0: and it's let- one of the few ways we can uh, get insights into what's going on in the dev world because, you know, communication is always difficult.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's start with James Mars, since James, I saw you first start talking about this idea on Twitter, which sparked the idea for the show, so thank you very much, and welcome to EOS Radio for your first time.
2: Oh, thanks, yeah, which I just found out might be the last US Radio ever, if you're not going to have a show next
1: year. <laughs> I, I know, right?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I had a video recently I did with Peter Kay and Evan Schindler of Dappiness, and we were just talking about what some alternate possibilities for what the future of EOS might look like. And uh, yeah, I guess you could call it the financial hub. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to hear more about how you define that, Ash, and how we all think of what Mm -hmm. that means. Um, But yeah, I'm a software developer, have five-ish years of experience in the semiconductor industry. And uh, my sites have turned to smart contract development and EOSIO in particular, and EOS in particular. Um, So. Yeah,
1: cool. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah. And we got Peter Bickenstein. Hey, welcome
3: back. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Peter K. I've been on the show before, Uh, head of content and communication, mostly technical stuff at Liquid Apps, and uh, also advise development at Dabbiness and do some everything you know stuff now and then. Awesome.
1: Well, your perspective is always appreciated. Speaking of perspectives, we appreciate Denny. Hey, welcome back, Denny
4: guys uh thank you for having me on the show again, again. and uh I said i i i also do a lot of smart contracts and uh i'm really excited to see the all the mechanisms that you can connect smart contracts on the mainnet and i think it's it's improving over over time so um i'll share my opinions as uh throughout the show thank you for and
1: having lo- me yeah you're welcome and last but absolutely not least our favorite guest ever Eve Larose from EOS Nation thank <laughs> you really brought it back Bye. there ash
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody good morning or good evening wherever you are it's 3 a.m for me uh thank you very much for the invite uh, it's uh, my first show in the future so i'll tell you what's going to happen before you get there
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so today we're talking about the possibility of eos mainnet being the financial hub of IO, and i guess i want to throw it to james first what, what Whenever you posted that on Twitter, what did you mean "financial hub"? What does that even mean for ESIO? Did,
2: did I use those words first? I don't.
1: I I, I, I think you may have. You're, I think you're the first person I saw. You said something financial like, hub. "All right, well, well, maybe not financial hub. Like maybe clearing blockchain or
2: oh, okay clearing sure. or something yeah, yeah. like that, like a settlement layer, settlement like, layer. That's what you use. I set, think I might have said settlement layer. You did yeah. use
1: settlement layer. Okay, sorry to put words in your mouth.
2: No, no. Um, so. Yeah, I, so I have a particular vision for what I see as the future of EOS um, and the future of more, I guess, public blockchains in general, where I think they're headed. And uh, EOS is the blockchain of the EOSIO siblings that has the most uh, name recognition and network effects. So I, I see EOS as something that, in that sense, is not able to be dethroned. And I'm looking forward to people disagreeing with that. But um, because of that, I think it makes sense that EOS is going to sort of evolve into a settlement layer. So I think it's very likely that there's going to be private chains running on people's own servers that are processing a lot of the transactions for their own dApps. And then they're going to use the main chain or some public chain to... Uh, get some of the security benefits of of posting block headers to public chains and and so that sort of model um, I think that probably some of you uh, agree with that I don't know if anyone disagrees with that so
1: yeah and so when you say settlement layer are you meaning settlement layer for like uh, headers and hashes but also uh, financial settlement layer as well
2: um, yeah, a financial settlement layer for tokens I think it is going to depend on the DAP. I, I don't I think it's going to depend on the specific and unique requirements of the particular DAP. So some of them are going to have their control their business logic in smart contracts published on the main chain if they can afford the space for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that some of them are not. Some of them are, are going to have everything on their own private chain, and then there's going to need to be some inner blockchain communication to allow them to operate in some way on the main chain, or they're just going to post block headers mm-hmm. uh, to the main chain. All of these models, I think, work well with EOSIO. I don't see EOS, the EOS chain as being where all of our Controller, all of our business logic code lives for all the dApps in the future. I think that's unreasonable because of the amount of redundancy and the cost of the resources and the limitations of the resources. Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, it's, it's, and it shouldn't be. Yeah.
5: It's a waste of money. It's a yeah, waste um, of resources. Why would you do that? So, yeah, it's good. Is
3: what do you, this you kind of an, is this kind yeah, of an extension of, uh, yeah, all right, an older idea um, where not, not, not like change your is not original, uh, but uh, this whole, an interconnected set of EOSIO chains, and EOS being the, the, the grandmaster, the, the, the hub, the, the bookkeeper, whatever you want. Um, some projects have tried to do the same thing with Bitcoin in kind of a more unofficial way, I suppose. But uh, like Veriblock, right? You could take your small chain, whatever its consensus model was, and post hashes to Bitcoin. And there's this feeling that Bitcoin was the chain that was the most secure The most immutable so we want to kind of anchor ourselves to its security is there maybe the same kind of feel here like you have a a small eos chain but we really want the security of settling on mainnet right and and having the mainnet act as a kind of notary that can tell us at any time yeah this is how things were this is how things are and and what would what would make the eos mainnet more secure
1: in a dpos environment just a, a higher market cap
3: yeah, really, it's it's harder to buy out, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could there there are chains that are so small that they could be attacked by someone basically buying them out, you know, unless there's some kind of action, centralized or otherwise against the attacker, you know, that mm-hmm. stops them, uh, you could go with a s- relatively small amount of money and probably begin, you know, machinations to destroy mm-hmm. a smaller chain. So, but if a smaller chain is kind of anchored to a larger chain, that might be, uh, you know, more difficult to achieve. I know at Dappiness, we we have uh, it's been a trend recently, where people are afraid of being on just one chain, uh, because, you know, you were on EOS maybe with your Dapp, and there were CPU issues. And philosophical questions aside, if you're running a business, that made things difficult. Um, so it's been a common theme in the, at the end of this year where people say, look, I want to be on a couple of chains or multi-chain or somehow have like, uh, you know, post hashes or whatever to another chain so that my business can continue. The dApp can continue easily without interruption for users. If there's an event, an unforeseen event in one of my, or my main chain I'm running on.
1: Yeah. It, it reminds me of the argument that Bitcoiners were making for, a. Uh, you know, not having smart contracts on the big Bitcoin network, Bitcoin blockchain, where it's like, hey, this is a financial settlement layer. That's our niche. That's all we want to do. If you want to run smart contracts, you know, do it on uh, RSK or do it on all these other things. But we want this to be very purpose-built for a financial settlement layer. You know, Denny, I know that you jump into, you know, you're building bots and you're you're deeply into uh, the DeFi movement. Is there anything? You know, is there anything that let me try to get this question out right. Is there anything more important than having one chain specifically built for, you know, like the, a financial hub, like a safe place that people can come and get liquidity? And I don't know. It's not a good question, but I, maybe you understand <laughs> what I'm trying to ask there.
4: Maybe I'll add, I'll, I'll add a, a bit. Um, yeah. So one of the things that um, that James really mentioned was settlement. That's that's for sure you know, if if you transfer EOS, you know it has value, you can go and exchange it on on finance or Bitfinex or or, or whatever exchange. However, the other components that EOS offers is also being able to program uh, time and being able to program authorities. So the authority structure and sort of permission structure in EOS is is by far the most advanced structure for, for blockchain. You can have, you know, multiple keys, you can have multiple accounts, you can have sub accounts, you can have Accounts of accounts, uh, you can have time permission, you can do really complex permission structures. And then you can combine that with your DeFi application to say like, let's say you're doing a payroll, you're doing a, I have to pay someone every week. And you have the manager who has the authority to stamp his approval. And then you have the time factor that you can say like, only pay this person every week. So then you have a time variable, you have the authority, and then you have the settlement. So those three combined, you can build practically anything in the settlement. You can build sort of a, you know, uh, CDs, right? Um, Sort of a time deposit, time lock deposit, payroll systems. You can build a lot of things with those three sort of components, settlement, time, and authority. Um, And and a lot of people are, are... Kind of just starting to use that those use cases but i think it's it's coming in like right now voting is using the authority aspect of eos right it's you have the authority you can vote um and then the bps are elected um but yeah no there's i think the time aspect is also really good you know when you stake it unstakes you can program a lot of things with a combination of time authority and um, and the settlement
1: so Eve, let's talk about liquidity because the EOS token is by far the most liquid token uh, in the entire EOS IO ecosystem. And, and it's not that, even close. It's not even close. It's not even remotely close, like a factor of what a thousand or something. But Different
4: scales. Well,
5: yeah. if we look at actual liquidity backing some of these projects, kind of to echo what Peter said, um, some of these projects have, let's say a 30 million market cap or 18 million, 15 million market cap kind of deal. The actual liquidity behind that is closer to the hundreds of thousands of dollars which is just an absolute joke so if if you want to have some type of settlement using an eosio chain right now it's it's not even that you can use the other one um any other kind of versions of iterations of eosio um you, you can't even do that because as soon as you're even trying to perhaps uh, clear out, let's say $500, you're causing 20% spreads. Like right. it's absolute nonsense. So I would say it's even more of a factor of a thousand because you could easily uh, go out and liquidate, I don't know, a couple million dollars in EOS and you won't budge the market at all. And you could do that daily if you wanted to and you wouldn't even budge the market at all. Over time, you'd start the trend, mm-hmm. uh, but on these extra kind of iterations of EOS IO, even just doing it once with $500 Causes panic in the market.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's it, even in some of the the more liquid um, EOS IO chains, yeah. uh you know, a five ten thousand dollar order can cause a five percent slippage. Which you know, you you, you can,
5: if you're going a hundred percent, it can cause a hundred percent ups as well. Like you, yeah. I, I've gone to other chains. i like, oh, this is an interesting project. I'll I'll you know buy a thousand dollars worth. Oh wow, I just tripled the value of the market cap of that project because literally there was a hundred dollars worth of buy orders and now i've just spiked everything by 10x or whatever yeah deep deep pockets eve which i'm starting
2: i'm starting to see that what you just said eve like how eos is the one with the the most liquidity and i think that's sort of the way that it should be. I don't know if it will it be in the future, but yeah, yeah. Like I'm starting to see more and more the, the value proposition of a public permissionless blockchain is to be the thing that has the liquidity and the security yeah. that other side chains yeah. can post their, can can use for their security. So we Dad, scale horizontally for computation on the side exactly. we use the main chain as our settlement. Yeah.
1: So so I'll I'll argue against that. Okay. Um, I I agree with you a lot of that by the way. I just want to you know make the counter argument. Um, what about trust in the sense of having validated node operators? If you're going to have a financial hub yeah. on on a blockchain, you're you're
5: going to store how much money on this blockchain without knowing. Yeah. So you'll be a validator money. yourself, and that's where Mainnet is. The validators are the liquidity owners.
1: No, no. Well, I'm I'm talking about other people. Like at some point, this community needs to grow. At some point, this community needs to attract capital that isn't the people just owning. The, all the EOS tokens and being the validators right mm-hmm. and so if we're going to have EOS mainnet as the EOS IO hub with its semi anonymous node operators who who actually would put 10 100 million dollars into this system and and you know store it or even have it for any amount of time on the EOS public blockchain without having any KYC any legal ramifications any anything for these anonymous node operators like I, I, uh, I look I at bitcoin look yeah, at bitcoin I don't bitcoin? think it's the what? anonymity what? of the what? node operator look
5: I am I'm bearish on all public blockchains I should say that
4: Oh
2: well,
5: yeah but, For, no, maybe- I, I, I think that that's part of the that's that's part of what's attractive to it I think at some point so the what we see right now is that the space is not ready right we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier in, in other stories as well that the space is just not there yet not i'm not talking about just eos like the blockchain space is not there and slowly over time the people that are building liquidity on eos are actually just they keep building it they keep building the liquidity on eos and when the whole space when all of blockchain is going to be ready at some point or there's a next uh, bull market, or there, there's a significant amount of capital coming in. The only chain that makes sense right now, if you want to be in EOSIO, is the mainnet. So if you need that liquidity and you need the the technical specs and the the advantages that EOSIO brings you, the, your only choice is the mainnet. I do not see that disappearing, and so it's going to create that extra momentum on the mainnet, which then feeds itself to keep adding liquidity to it. And then the way that I see it is, is very, very similar to what James said. I've been coining settlement layer for for a while now. The way that I see the, the mainnet growing, or I guess the EOS EO, EO ecosystem growing, is that we had a lot of people who kind of had this vision of decentralization for, for EOS, but they really looked at the mainnet as, as one thing. And like, oh, the mainnet itself is not, the vision of what I saw is decentralization in EOS. I think what we're seeing growing is, which is really good, is all these other chains pop up and they have specific functions that they'll be able to mm-hmm. provide. And if you look at it from a, a bell curve type of perspective, the bell curve peak or the the top right in the middle is going to be, in my opinion, it's just just my my opinion, but it's going to be the mainnet. That's where we're going to have the most amount of, um, uh, I guess, overlap of what all the chains need and and what do all chains need if they want their projects to be successful. They need that liquidity. They need that settlement layer. That's what binds everything together. Cause if you're building an application, sure, you'll need the speed or you'll need the the part, the KYC or you'll need the particular functions that whatever chain offers you, but at the end of the day, you need to sell your product or you need to reach a market for that. You need that settlement layer. So in my opinion, that's where the, the greatest, overlap of points or the greatest overlap of, uh, of functionality comes is at the settlement layer. And everything from there is a standard deviation out. So you'll need other functions. Oh, well, you might not need like kind of like what uh, what Peter said, well, you might not need the mainnet for that. You'll need a little bit of the mainnet, but more of something else. And as you go further away from that, that bell curve, you're creating all these different ecosystems that are completely separate from the mainnet. But within these realms, the beauty with EOSIO kind of like what Deni was saying is that if, you're, if, if you wanted to, let's say, operate on a separate chain, but you're doing it on the main net, you might just be a small fish in a large pond. So instead, you just spin up your own chain in this one standard deviation away of overlap of functionalities. Mm-hmm. And now you're the king in your particular space. And you do that over and over and over. And so you start spinning these extra chains, but they all have to come back to the main settlement layer. For, or I think it's or going or to be player. more than financial settlement. I think there's going to be identity settlement somewhere as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's where voice is going to store a lot of its identity layer. It's going to be not the actual KYC data. I think they'll do that in, a, in right. their own private chain. But right. the, the account portion, I think, will be stored there, again, because you want that security. The security comes from the, from the amount of liquidity or the, the assets backing that particular chain. The more assets there are, the harder the chain is to attack. Right. Do you think the security. And it's going to start feeding itself.
0: Do you think in that diagram that you're showing everything coming back to the EOS mainnet, Mm. what if, what if this next stage is like this continent, this continent, this continent, do you see like over time, do you see us for the next say five years being that hub, but then over time, other regional chains kind of becoming this mesh of.
5: Yeah. Well, they all become hubs and this, this mesh is what's powerful. But everything that binds that mesh is going to be the settlement layer. It's going to be the, the money factor. That's what, that's what will bind everything in, in the end. It's really that financial portion. And I think on top of that, that identity portion, in my, my opinion, having your account on main, the mainnet that you'll be able to use on other chains, regardless of whether it's KYC or not, you'll be able to KYC it on another chain. It'll be linked to your mainnet account. And that'll be your KYC portion of it but the account itself, the most valuable account will be to have it on the mainnet because that's where you'll do the settlement layer with it. And maybe it'll just automatically transfer it to your other account, but you'll need, like you was saying, if I'm gonna pay an employee or if I'm gonna buy a product, I need to ensure that I don't affect the market, that my little transaction does not budge anything. Yeah, well, I mean, and no, you'll no, need no something with the there. most amount of assets there.
1: You know, I, and I, I wanna push back again, Eve, because I don't, I don't think It is the market cap or the amount of assets that is the best way to protect a DPoS chain. Uh, If it was, then yes, EOS mainnet would be the most secure. Hmm. But I I think a much better way to protect a DPoS chain is through a consortium chain. Zane, I want to bring you in here. You know, you just don't let people in to that. That can you know they have to. And the the, mainnet is not
5: that right now. Um, I don't think so. It's I mean,
1: chances to start, but permission versus permissionless would be the difference. yeah. Th- I'm talking about a permissioned chain, a permission. I I would rather see a permissioned chain as the financial hub of EOS IO rather than a network. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of something like Libra, for instance. You know, where everyone is known, we protect ourselves, we protect our chain and our assets through a consortium through hard identity through kyc through you know legal systems of some sort uh maybe we build our own legal systems i'm not trying to be a statist here but you know i I think that there are more efficient ways than just depending on um market cap
3: Uh, i don't know i'm gonna gonna push back on you on that one yeah yeah do Uh, it uh, like if you make the hub Mm. a consortium like you're saying a permission chain right? Mm -hmm. We all know each other links chain, whatever. And then you like one of the cases, use cases of blockchain, and it might not be that important for Denver, uh, but it's important for a lot of areas of the world is censorship resistance. Mm -hmm. And you just, you, you make the whole mesh not censorship resistant to a degree. If you're settling on a, not a main chain, that's not censorship resistant.
2: Well, well, you also remove competition, Ash. You, you're removing the competitive factor of where the block producers are trying to outperform each other, which I know we can argue right now the state of the EOS chain isn't quite that either. But I think that there's actually a path forward where we may be able to restore that or get to a point where a DPoS chain could have those dynamics. So I think competition is something you want because it's, it's all about the incentive alignment, which is what provides the security of the chain, not necessarily just the market cap. I think,
1: I Eve think is we're doing already everything. there. I think Eve is doing everything he can not to smile right now. I know. I
0: know. He was asleep <laughs> right, 30 right, minutes I know, ago. I know. Now it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's right, he's bright eyed and bushy
1: tailed. Let me let me jump back in <laughs> with Peter, because I think it's a good point. Um, you know, censorship resistance. Yes, of course. That's one of the key selling points of, of blockchain in general. But do, does it necess- does a consortium chain necessarily mean it's not censorship resistance? I mean, who are we trying to resist? Well, typically we're we're trying to resist nation states. Well, w- you know, what if this consortium chain, only allows one or two nodes in each legal jurisdiction which would still decentralize the legality of the ease of one country coming in and trying to censorship censor this stuff so it still creates that decentralization and adds a level of of censorship resistance you know right now i mean it's pretty easy to argue that china could come in and swoop up and you know Censor the EOS blockchain if it really wanted to. I mean, we're, we're seeing uh, exchanges coming taken offline where you know exchanges aren't that far away from node operators. So, I, I don't know. I guess I just want to push back there and say that a, a consortium chain I think could be as censorship resistant as a, a non KYC anonymous node chain like we have in EOS. You
5: define the, con- the consortium chain in the sense of. Is there one entity that chooses the operators, a a la Libra, where where Facebook decided? Because I think we are somewhat of a consortium chain organically, have Mm. become that. Except instead of having one one player or one um, entity that chooses who's allowed in, I think where we are with DPOS right now, with EOS specifically, we have a mesh of people that decide who's in and who's not. And that strengthens sure. the network. So right now in order to be a BP on EOS, in my personal experience as a BP on EOS, you need the approval of everybody. Like literally everybody needs to give you the green light. And you're not able to come in. So not only is it secure because you need to to show somewhat of a proof of funds, you need to be a known entity. You need to have the network connections to be able to have the green light from everybody. Um, It's not not, uh, sufficient enough right now for you to just have capital or just have hardware or just have community or just have uh, whatever friends or whatever, a a network of people. You need everything at this point. Mm. Right. And Good slowly point. over time, we've we've gotten there, and I think we're getting even more there. It's getting even more entrenched in that direction now. To, to James's point, where competition, it's extremely competitive, the, 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 because you need to have. When EOS first started, you, you could be one of the things you could be, oh, I'm a community BP, or I'm just good at hardware. or I just have money or whatever. You could have one thing and over time, well, now you needed two things and then you need three things and those things that you require. Now you need to be even better at it than you were before. And so I think it's extremely competitive right now. And that just comes from my from personal experience as, as EOS nation. Um, and we're getting more and more in that sense. So when the Binance comes in or whatever, they're going to, or when a large application come in, uh, comes in 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 the future, they might be able to be let in as long as they hit XYZ or whatever, and they're going to move whoever's in that current kind of area of, of validation in the network, they'll bump out the weakest link kind of deal. It is an ongoing competition. So we're already moving in that direction. It's just, yeah, I think we're, to some extent, we're already there in a way and we're, we, we keep refining the process, but it's in a very decentralized mesh thing. There's not one person that decides. People well, keep not... thinking that there's one entity that right now is like the exchanges. One exchange can decide. No, they really can't. Yeah. yeah. and maybe It I is want... a codependent mesh for sure. Hmm.
4: Yeah. I, want to, I want to add uh, what uh, Peter was mentioning about censorship resistant, which is a really important factor. For Libra, I know it's not out yet but they're in their design you cannot deploy a smart contract It is literally sent yes. <laughs> it is whitelisted. only the approved operators are allowed to deploy smart contract logic on the chain so essentially a sensor sh- uh sort of a centralized chain permission chain actually goes down to the level of the user level to actually ban certain actions from happening on eos you could do whatever the fuck you want you could you could deploy a smart contract. You could deploy a Ponzi scheme if you want, and you and you will not be censored. And that's actually one of the beauty with sort of a decentralized chain is you you can do the most malicious things. It's free game as long as the system is still intact, right? As long as the system is intact. I don't think uh, that's
1: necessarily true, though. You you can censor the the BPs can see your smart contract and
4: we can't. Nobody can. You, it's really, really difficult. So let's say, as an, an example, the most uh, extreme case, the plus one token. Those people have been able to move <clears throat> their tokens. They're not mm-hmm. been blacklisted. the The blacklist has been essentially lifted. So there is no before we had ECAF where we had you know ways that as long as we all consensus the full twenty one had to have a blacklist. Now, mm-hmm. you know, without ECAF being in the mix, it's a uh, there's no more censorship resistant and actually how to block things. It well, you need the full, full 21 consensus as soon as one BP flew in. So even though a BP might not like you and might want to block your transactions, mm. you, we can't, I mean, we're seeing it right now with the CPU congestion with the EOS yeah. mining. everyone wants to bl- block them, but it's not happening because that's that, that would be a permission chain to disallow certain actions. And I'm sure some of the side chains, if they really wanted to, some are, you know, they, they, deal they already themselves. do. They're actually censoring, you know, um, transactions because they, they are essentially permissioned. Um, so right now that's not happening on, on mainnet. And and that's one of the things that if you want to deploy a lot of capital, you wanted to do it on a on a permissionless chain. You don't want to have one actor or one group of organization to, you know, define or block uh, your activity so censorship yeah, totally. is is really big um and yeah like i said that with libra you cannot deploy a smart contract unless you get whitelisted mm. binance chain same thing you need the approval of the binance operator chain which is essentially finance mm-hmm. so a lot of these you know blockchains are calling themselves blockchain but they're just centralized block- blockchains essentially so Networks. it's like us for that, next
3: chain. Right. <laughs> I don't think like no, this is a I don't think this is a fight between permissionless and permission no, no, chains exactly. just in principle. It, it, like it's, it's okay if you're an application, yeah, to want to run on a a more centralized chain. Um it's what's the right, right fit for I, you? Right, exactly. The hub, yeah. the hub shouldn't be it's like the hub now. is the level where all the other chains can't go beyond that. You know, if Correct. the hub were controlled by you know, the FBI or whatever, what, what agency would, the NSA, I don't know, uh, the the FCC. If the FCC controlled the hub, uh, then all of the chains that were plugged into the mesh would be under some degree of control. So mm. like you guys are saying, we want the hub to be permissionless. That doesn't mean there isn't place for permission chains. So
5: There's tons so, of place for permission chains for sure. There, there's definitely applications that require that, I think, for, for them to be successful.
2: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, James. One way I think about this, I want, Oh, hang on. My headphones just got unplugged. Sorry.
1: Sorry. (laughs) All right.
2: I'm back. (laughs) <laughs> One way I want to think about this uh, it. is the <laughs> had to sneak it in somewhere.
1: Oh, we got it.
2: Um, so it's the difference in designing your, if, if blockchain is like the fundamental layer or the foundational layer, it's the difference between designing that for a better best case, best case scenario or a better worst case scenario. So what I mean by that is, if you wanted to design for a better best case scenario, you could have it as a, a consortium chain, or take it to the extreme and we'll say that there's some benevolent king who's the sole owner of of that chain and can decide all the rules and can can it's the most efficient. You can it's the most agile, right? But it has the worst worst case scenario because if that benevolent king dies and his son takes over and he's not so benevolent. Now, where are we? We're screwed. So that, mm. that's why you, you want the foundational, the, the settlement layer chain to be designed to have a better worst case scenario. And the, the best, in my opinion, the best worst case scenario we can have is if we can come up with a, a governance structure that allows for a, a permissionless, a decentralized chain where the incentives are what keep the security of the chain.
1: And how close do you guys think that the
2: EOS mainnet net is
1: to that chain right now, James?
2: Um, I think that it to answer so right now is different than where it could be I think it's extremely critical that we get stake time tied to vote weight um, so as Dan Larimer's last proposal had I've been trying to think of a way myself uh, but Dan Larimer's proposal was better than anything I could come up with but the I, I think it's very important that we get stake time tied to it and not just uh, money with like a three-day unstake time so at, at once we have that i really think somebody convinced me it's not the magic bullet i think it is please but i I think that will go a long way that and one token one vote i think both of those features will go a long way into aligning the incentives such that the people who are elected are actually the people who are most well equipped to to push the long-term health of the chain
5: they are and that's not going to change so i think you're right on the adding stake time i don't think it's going to change the power rankings so it's not a magic bullet. It'll just add an extra layer, which is good. I think that that layer or that functionality or that extra added security feature is, well, is really good.
2: I'll say this, Eve. Eve's about that. If it doesn't change the power rankings, that's actually fine. I don't care if it changes them. Exactly. That actually just means to me that, but to yeah. me, that means that the power rankings are actually correct. I yeah, don't that's have, what I'm saying. I don't have faith in the power rankings as they currently are because stake time is not part of it. If it becomes mm. part of it and they stay in that power ranking, so be it. Now they truly are the top 21, the people who people are putting their money in for the long haul, like these are the ones yeah. we trust with the network. So if yeah, it stays, it's actually it going to
5: reinforce the current power rankings. Very because well the meant, Joe Blow yeah. with 5 EOS is not locking his tokens for 10 years. That's not happening. No. Right. Hello. No, it's not. How, okay, there, there's like Denis who's going to lock his 5 us for <laughs> 10 years sure.
2: I'm in the 10 year stake crew man, I'll tell
5: you. Yeah, but but your most uh, I would imagine that your stake is not affecting the rankings James. I'm just No, but I out out guessing that it's not. <laughs> oh, no. You can sell that maybe you can
0: sell that 5
2: and have like 30 times. I can confirm it's five. not affecting anything. Sorry. Yeah, well, but but no, but
5: but I agree with you, James. I, I think that adding that function adds that extra layer of security, I think, that will help attract even more capital. However, if you're doing it to change power rankings, I think it's just going to entrench the power rankings even more. So really? I think it's good. I actually I, I think that that's an extra feature that we should do. And so Denis and I are actually really big fans of the the buckets, the, Dan, um, the bond buckets. Mm-hmm. um and, and but if people think that that's going to remove the exchange it's not going to no that's not happening again because the exchanges it's not they're not using the the millions of users of funds or whatever they're using literally like five or 10 people's funds that have a tons of funds and they're they're keeping it there they're staking it there and they'll put Whatever, like f- they'll they'll do a risk assessment and they'll put five percent in the ten year bucket, fifteen percent in the five year bucket, twenty five percent in the three year bucket. Whatever, like they'll you know they'll they'll manage it. Uh, they're good. So from that point of view, the other side that you said as well, one token, one vote, that is not going to help, um, and that's not changing the power rankings again. That's also just reinforcing everything. I think we're already at one token, one vote because if you look at statistics the majority of the vast majority of, of accounts right now are voting for 30 and so if you're voting for 30 and everybody's voting for 30 it's technically one token one vote we're already there the idea that one token one vote is going to change anything is, is 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 was the case when not everybody was using 30 slots but everybody's using 30 slots everybody's voting with the full weight so it's going to be the exact same thing as right now so maybe and i if should have said anything one, one, one token, token, one vote is only going to make e- the disparity even greater because we have this thing right now where, where, where people are splitting their votes um, in order to, to kind of reduce the threshold and, and optimize everything. It's already kind of optimized. One token, one vote is just going to remove the long tail even further. I foresee where the mainnet is going to be at, I don't know, 40 BPs that get paid, 35, 40 BPs that get paid, the pay threshold is gonna be whatever it is, like uh, I'm just throwing a number, let's say hundred million EOS that you're gonna need to just meet the, the pay threshold. And the top BP is gonna have, you know, five, 600 million votes or whatever. So it's just gonna concentrate even further. And we see that with other DPoS chains where they do have one token, one vote. Maybe. I don't
0: think producing a long tail would be a large issue because if we're looking for a highly trusted top 21, effectively, that's all you need. You don't yeah. need 40. You don't need 30. You don't so, need so, 60 people right now. So it's, in regards to having um, all the small voters, all the small voters could get together and say, we're going to throw our combined 50 million instead of dispersing it 30 ways to vote for all of our buddies. We're going to focus and get one or two in the top 21. That's the big yeah. difference with one token, one vote. It doesn't matter that the top five will always have you know 10X more than the next guys. It's the fact that lower guys can always get their one or two players in the top 21 to give more regional guarantees.
5: There's not yes. enough token distribution for that to happen. If, if your goal is to have six independent BPs in the top 21 or, or eight or, or 12 slots or something like that, and have one gear, it's not happening. There's not enough tokens for that. The tokens are highly concentrated. So we need more inflation? No no actually we, we showcase right now that we don't need much inflation actually mm-hmm. it's going back to the users the majority of the, the the tokens right now are going back to the users we mm-hmm. as the austin nation are giving back the majority of our, our rewards back to users mm-hmm. and the majority of the token in one are doing that as well mm-hmm. and at yeah. times we were even giving more back for for a long period of time we were giving more back than we were receiving We're already there. It's like people are trying to fight DPOs. People are not happy that, I guess, the vision that people had of what they thought EOSIO would be is different for everybody, right? And the vision that we're seeing emerging is clearly the vision that, again, if I go back to that bell curve, is clearly the vision that has the most um, backing behind it. And over time, that's just concentrating even further. And we're really seeing this bell curve form. In the beginning, we only had one choice. And so there was no bell curve. It was just basically a straight line. Like the, you had no alternatives. And over time, we're just seeing that bell curve just slowly form, slowly form. And at that point, that line that was in the beginning just stays there. Everything else just falls into place beside it. Do we see any chance that any other
1: chain, IO chain, can even remotely reach the liquidity
5: of the EOS main net? In my opinion, no. That, not at all, type, not even yeah, close.
4: Yeah, that type of ICO that block one created with the sort of hype of 2017, 2018, the overinflated price of Ethereum, you know, because they raised Ethereum and then they converted yep. into Yeah, I don't think that will happen again unless we're in a major bull run, like unless the whole crypto no. market indexes. No no but That's the only way you get a 10X with this crazy concept. I don't think that scenario will ever happen again. I think this is a-
5: And you would need to trust another entity again. So people put trust in Dan Larimer, they put trust in block one. So even if you were in a bull market, you'd need to find somebody with enough, like as much or more in this case, what you're asking, more gravitas than Dan Larimer at a time where shit's going crazy. So so Um, the the, the only opportunity
1: would be for large businesses to fund something that would be a permissionless type of chain, which they wouldn't do.
5: Well, you need so much money to be able to to be poured into this, like ridiculous amounts of money to be able to pour it into this, and then you I need mean like to have what, the a billion people, dollars or something? Well, at least four. In, in, in a,
4: yeah, you. I don't think you'll have it in a permissionless chain. You, yeah, have, that's what I,
5: that's what I was saying in a permissionless.
4: Yeah, chain. You're well, and buy- in her-
5: EOSIO again the premise is in eosio right so there you already have one why would you create another one Mm. and the people that 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 did pour tons of money into this are already pouring money into one entity so if there was another bull run or when there's going to be the other bull run why wouldn't they continue pouring the money in the same location that they've already ported which makes their their assets even more secure Mm. for the long term if the premise is that this, all these other chains are popping up and this ecosystem is, is creating a stronger mesh, pouring the money there even makes greater sense. Peter's got his thinking beard on here.
3: I, I don't know, it just sounds, it sounds too much like over and over again in every sphere of business, there's some giant that you think can't be toppled and then something happens and topples it. I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I, I, I know that it looks like that, but mm. no one is ever able to predict the future. The, the unique thing, if you look at a book of predictions, from experts from 50 years ago, <laughs> like n- most of them are wrong. That when we say something about the future, we are almost guaranteed to be wrong. I think this. I mean, I can't say that something's going to topple it, but things get toppled all the time. What's name are you one saying thing ESIO that going to get toppled? Been toppled? No, name thing that name one thing that hasn't been toppled. Well, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what's going to get toppled, but the it just because the same exact phenomenon can't happen again doesn't mean that there can't be another phenomenon that we're not considering. That could mm. happen again. Things blow up all the time. The markets are irrational. There might be a bull run of some kind, or maybe not. Uh, maybe some business will get more interested in permissionless chains. There, are, We've seen some interest in permissionless tech, and we've seen businesses move generally over the past couple of decades towards supporting open source software. I mean, you have Microsoft, Google, Facebook. They're the three top, other than maybe Docker, uh, they're the three top, like, Contributor in companies to open source software, whereas before a couple of decades ago that would have been mm. unimaginable. You know, unimaginable. And they might take that step forward. They might say we want a decentralized ownership of data. They might say we want we.
5: And they would use EOSIO for this in the mindset. So they would e- so they would use EOS native EOSIO managed well, right by Lock right One. Right. Managed by a block one and then pour money into it? I don't I'm see that happening. Not
3: necessarily saying that. They
5: create, yeah, create their own. But
3: yeah, so I, they create their own. Yeah, so EOSIO might be toppled, but I thought the
5: question was, in EOSIO. Fork of
3: EOSIO, if EOSIO, if they think, and we're here talking about EOSIO being a great chain, if they think that EOSIO is great tech, just like they've been taking Ethereum and doing things with it, they could take EOSIO and say all right we're going to make an EOSIO chain or we're going to make a modified EOSIO chain uh, block modified EOSIO really-
5: chains means that they're not relying on block 1 i thought that was sure. excluding in the question the other i thought the question know. was of the EOSIO guess- managed by block 1 is there something uh, that can I, topple I the I didn't mainnet i know
3: about managed by a block 1 yeah i didn't know they argue that there are, there are quite a few and, I mean, and some of the side chains are no some of the sister chains are no longer arguably yeah, managed boss. by block 1 Right, they would maybe implement some some upgrades or whatever, but they've made significant changes.
1: And one one uh, thing we haven't talked about is how like something like Liquid apps, some cross chain interpretability solution, could mean not... what?
3: <laughs> what's I think he just no. flexed his shirt. Oh, I think yeah, he just, he just did like, his shirt. He's like, what's that? He's like,
1: oh, <laughs> let, let, let me hear. Uh... Oh wait, uh, shout out to EOS Detroit, by the way.
4: Um,
2: <laughs>
1: But yeah, it, yeah, the financial hub of EOS IO might not even be on EOS IO. I mean, I know that sounds like heresy, but you know, as we go into a, a world where chains can talk to each other much more reliably and and quickly, you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing that out there.
3: I mean, I think that it will be EOS IO for the foreseeable future, and Liquid Apps thinks that. I mean, maybe we don't legally think that. Can I say that? Um, but uh, I can say that but, uh, like when liquid acts when liquid x was put out right and before when we were thinking about it and not allowed to talk about it when liquid x was put out we said look we're, settlement provisioning is going to remain on eos mainnet. it's the hub even if you're running dap network and everything on dap network on wax or telus or boss or links or meet one or warbly or whatever um, now I missed a couple and they're going to be mad but uh, even if you put out the dap network you know have dab network services running on that you're still doing a little bit of you're, you're pro- still provisioning on eos mainnet because for all the reasons we've named you know and we don't think that i don't think uh and that strategy maybe implies that other people don't think that eos mainnet is going to disappear and some other chain is going to take over but i'm just fighting back against the idea that it's 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 impossible it's not going to happen um that that we're gonna see some move to supplant EOS mainnet. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm thinking if if PayPal came out, gave everybody ten dollars a free account and had their own five node operating chain, they would be they could instantly be overnight higher performance, they could hire some top block producers and they could replicate the functionality of EOS. Then they could plug in their existing network, maybe connections with banks. Maybe they could just instantly give you stablecoin liquidity and then over time work you into EOS. Maybe they I just see something like that already existing with high reputation as being able to come in if the space looks ready. What if Ripples
1: are are are, what's that? What if
3: Ripple?
1: Well, yeah. What if we all use Ripple? I mean, hell, they're in forty banks. I mean, talk about liquidity. I'm just trying to throw wrenches here, you know. But maybe it's too late in the show for that. You know, if if we're looking for liquidity, nothing's more liquid than the banking system, right? You know wh- why? Why would I want to have the crappy liquidity of EOS when I could have the real liquidity of the biggest, baddest banking system in the world—the U.S. dollar system?
3: Right. It's arguably one of the greatest threats to adoption of of our favorite permissionless crypto blockchain tech is legitimate legitimization.
5: You know, um, depends how much money you want to transact around. Right on EOS right now, you can probably transact. Um, Tens of millions of dollars, no problem. If you want to transact billions of dollars, well, you can't. Yeah. Sure. And so it, it really depends where is your threshold. And for, I think, the, the the vast majority of not just average person on this planet, but uh, I don't know, uh, maybe 98%, 99.8% 99, 99. or something, EOS right now with its current market cap is fine for daily use. Mm-hmm.
1: Are the Bitcoin maximalists right, that we're going to just end up all clearing all crypto on the Bitcoin blockchain?
2: No.
5: I'm super bullish on Bitcoin. So I think that even though EOS might be the settlement layer because it's the fastest one that can actually do it, um, I still think that the store of value is still going to remain Bitcoin. Uh,
1: I mean, you know, I'm just throwing out some hypotheticals here. I, I built a bank, you know, Europe Pacific Bank, an offshore bank. Uh, and I can assure everyone that the Swift system, which is the most popular way to send money mm. around the world, was built for fax machines, and it still comes over in that syntax of fax machine format. So mm. this this is what we're competing against. It's just too bad that the banking system has the backing of the world's largest militaries. But you know that may be a different show. Mm. Um, well,
4: one of the things too that uh, on on the benefits is uh, handling like mic micropayments, um, that's right now you can program really complex, let's say, smart contracts to pay someone five pennies, 10 pennies. And right now, let's say for Ethereum, you would have to spend, you know, 20 cents, 15 cents. But if you're doing micropayments that are, let's say, less than a dollar, and you're doing a lot of them, like thousands of transactions a day, EOS can, can do that right now. So right now, even we're, we're, we're noticing it in our proxy, some people are voting for us for one EOS and we pay them every day, you know, a penny or half a penny, and that's fine. Um, but on Ethereum, we would actually go broke because of gas fees. Mm. Um, so EOS is really good for now at the micro payments. If you're doing, it's like a micro settlements. Um, so that's one of the advantage, one of the good advantages as well. I think even that- in conjunction mode,
2: I think that for EOS to become a global settlement layer, like we're talking about as a possibility, it needs to not be that apps are thinking about blockchain. Like right now, this is the niche, the time where there's these niche companies that are saying, oh, I want to build on blockchain and I want to be building on future tech and whatnot. That, That works for now. But I think what's going to propel this to the next level and potentially solidify some chain as like the global settlement layer for smart contracts and, and decentralized applications. It's gonna be when the developer goes into their toolbox to say, how am I gonna build an app? I'm going to put a, am I gonna put a MySQL server on my server and, and run some Node.js? Or am I going to launch an instance of EOSIO and have that running on my server? And that's what's running the controller code for my application. And it's going to be seen, and it's not like they're thinking about blockchain. They're just saying, I want to build an app. And the easiest tool that you have to build your application is an instance of an EOSIO blockchain. And then it's going to be seamless to say, oh, I want to flip the switch that says I want security. So I'm going to be publishing block headers to the main chain Mm -hmm. or some variant of that. That's the vision that I think block one is striving for. And I think that's what it's going to take in order for, uh, something like EOS to become a true global settlement layer.
1: So what do we think block one's going to use all that Ram for?
4: Well, I
5: think uh, just to flex. No, I think, uh, I I think that what, what, uh, yeah, well, there's one thing. There's one speculation for sure. They're pretty good at that with their, their investments. Um, they do hold like 140,000 Bitcoin, right? Um, like James just said, I think what we're going to see or how we're going to see this happening is when voice releases or when, when when a large application like voice releases, but I think the first one will be voice and block one, they're going to be showcasing what it should look like or what it could look like as an architectural blueprint for an application, a large scale application to deploy on instances of the IO. So just using EOS as a stack. Um, I think that's what they're gonna showcase. They're gonna say, this, you wanna do it permission. You wanna have control over this. This, you wanna publish it here. Mm-hmm. This functionality or the resource, you wanna use it here. This is what you're gonna do this. And they're gonna showcase what that's like. And over time, I think they're gonna optimize. I don't think they're gonna get it right the first time, which is, which is perfectly fine. Uh, for the RAM portion, yeah, I think it, Part of it might be speculation another part might be again the accounts might need to come on the on the mainnet portion so the kyc data itself will be i think stored in a server in switzerland somewhere but the the accounts themselves in order f- to be able to to finalize that payment invoice tokens or whatever is going to come on the um, on on the mainnet and so you're still going to need that ram for for account purposes but as well They've showcased, um, and this is one of the superpowers of Block 1, they've showcased that with the money that they got through the ICO, they were very successful at keeping it compared to other projects in 2017, which really pissed it away. They already had the funding to build EOS regardless of the ICO, right? And so they paid for the development of EOS pre-ICO money. All ICO money is so that they can keep going for, for a very, very long time. And so that money needs to be diversified. So they just build a diversified portfolio of assets to ensure that they're here for the long term, mm-hmm. which is why I'm, I'm extremely bullish on on EOS just for that reason. Because I know as a BP as a network operator, I don't need to necessarily worry that the people creating the code in the backend that I'm going to be running are going to be here. They, they will be here. Right. Unless, again, like like, like Peter says, we, we can't predict the future. But for the foreseeable likable uh, likelihood of a future, I think that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas the
1: Ethereum Foundation, I believe, is going to run out of money in 2020. And so...
5: Uh, the Ethereum Foundation had the really... The, the, the advantage of and not just the Ethereum Foundation, but uh, Ethereum in general had the advantage and Bitcoin too to a certain extent of the 2017 boom, which I don't think we're going to see like we did in 2017, of ha- creating individuals with so much fuck you money, ridiculous right. amounts of fuck you money, that they were able to single handedly feed networks or create networks or create meshes of networks. Whereas Block One, it's, it's more of a marathon than kind of that sprint that occurred with, let's say, Joseph Lubin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, block 1 is really, unless they really screw it up, they're really positioning themselves to be that, in a way, the foundation, but to their own, like a centralized foundation where they decide what goes into the code.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we're running out of time here, fellas, and I hear that there was some Bitcoin FUD.
3: Bitcoin FUD? I don't know. I, there's always right. Bitcoin FUD All right. yeah well we're gonna let's get some special Bitcoin FUD going here I mean
1: I, I heard some
3: alright let's see ah uh, yes deflation and it doesn't scale Dear let's much. talk about it let's talk about it actually I think both of those reasons are bunk yeah <laughs> no merchants and toxic fans well we know oh, how that one is toxic fans you guys been on Twitter fans. recently
1: oh all the time look at all these toxic fans on bitcoin i mean how can you even build anything Gosh, with every that? single
3: fan community. is toxic anyone who is bullish on bitcoin is just a pile of toxicity all they do is eat meat and complain about whatever's yeah, yeah well- guns 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 make fun of Vitalik a little back to guns 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 yeah Jeez. make sure everybody
1: knows how
5: satoshi
3: <laughs> made fun of dan larimer
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and they don't do it doesn't need to scale. And there's an emergency. Justin's
3: son on their top ten influencers, but Dan larimer doesn't even make their top one hundred. Right. bit the, the, BitShares, they don't even exist in the Bitcoiners world.
4: Actually actually Bitcoin's the one one of the metrics that Bitcoin is, is mooning is dormant accounts. That that metric is mooning. Accounts that do not touch their Bitcoin. That's the best account. The best metric.
2: That's the best metric. <laughs> that's also the best way to scale.
3: Just just
4: don't, don't just, yeah. just don't use yeah. it. Just don't use it. My
1: old. Is Is there a FUD on the die that says, best use case is not to use?
5: Not,
4: don't, <laughs> don't, oh, that is yeah, the use case. <laughs> that
5: yeah. is the use case. Bitcoin doesn't need to scale. Bitcoin's yeah. already scaled. It's already done. You don't need to do anything. To oh, this uh, lightning uh, nonsense is nonsense. Is just joking. don't do anything.
4: Yeah, this is all... And you've already got the throughput with you know Coinbase, Binance, all the exchange the exchanges are the second layer solution for Bitcoin, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, for sure.
4: You can I can trade Bitcoin, it just yeah. has to be on a centralized exchange. It
1: just has to be on the yeah. database. <laughs>
3: oh man, I'm sitting, sitting here. You know what? I'm supposed to be the FUD man. I'm sitting here and, and shaking my head because I like lightning and use it all the time, like every day. Do you really? Yeah, you? every day. I have a really? lightning note up there. Oh, you see the Casa logo. And oh. I use that from anywhere in the world to like pay for whatever. The one problem awesome. is not the Bitcoin network. It's, it's no. tax. It's tax law. In oh, the U.S. absolutely. Like we got to get that at least that $600 exception because otherwise I, it's insane. Go through all the transactions and be like, all right, I owe this much taxes. It's like, you, it, 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 it's it, like, it, like, you it, don't,
1: it don't want, you don't <laughs> want to use Bitcoin for coffee because it's a tax event.
3: Exactly. But what you know, kind of out of a principle I do and, and, uh, I think that hopefully we'll see some legal progress Man. on that sometime.
1: Uh, otherwise we're all going to jail hey it's like hell's a party if we're all there right
3: or maybe some <laughs> of us pay our taxes ash
1: well you.
5: all of
1: us can move to puerto rico there is absolutely uh, zero percent chance years. if you pay if you regularly spend bitcoin there is no way that you're keeping completely legit with all your taxes. I'm just throwing that out there. If you like use whoa, Bitcoin in your whoa, daily what life, an
3: accusation. If you, yeah.
1: if you use <laughs> if if you use Bitcoin for everything in your life, there's no way there a
3: disclaimer on the screen that I may or may not be lying. No common zero Bitcoin, and never used it in my life. That's a prop.
1: Bitcoin. What is did you dollar cost that
2: there's no node back there? Is that digital <laughs>
1: corn? What are we talking about here? Are
0: we on the are we on the Futures markets. Did you account for the <laughs> dollar market value of your Bitcoin diamond, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. What, where, I knew everyone. What, what do you do? Everyone it, is this, sunk. I that
3: knew one that. is bad because immediately it dumps and you could never have gotten the, oh, yeah. the In, fork instantly value. Instantly, everyone's a criminal.
0: <laughs> and let's uh, not I, I, even talk about Bitcoin God. Was there even a Bitcoin uh, homer? I hope oh, there was. Oh, God
1: bitcoin mcafee that's my oh wait did that exist i don't know it did now i'm dropping it on all of you right now a million dollars a token you're each getting a million tokens
3: <laughs> yeah it's crazy
1: all right well this has turned into la order de loca um <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll,
4: I'll say this uh so one of the things that I, that I would personally want to see in 2020 are is really high through high daily active usering chain so chains that operate with a lot of daily active users, like 20, 50, 100,000 users, because I don't know of any chain that can actually handle 100,000 daily active users. So hopefully block one can pull that off with voice, once it's launched as a permissioned EOSIO chain, that way they have the whole throughput of the entire chain. And then in the future, if let's say Libra comes out, Libra also needs to scale a lot, like huge, when they first released Libra, that was, there was no way that Libra was able to scale to what they need to go. So hopefully in 2020, we can see some really high throughput, high daily active user chains with actual real users, not just spamming the network constantly. Um, so hopefully we can see that. And, and and I think right now, the highest throughput, highest performance um, sort of software chain is EOSIO. Whether it be permissioned or you know it doesn't have to be on mainnet yes. it can be by chain but i i don't see other technology out there that can do sort of voice or even libra i mean libra could just fork usio sure. slap a permissioned and have you know all their node operators uh centralized but i think they'll write their own code but uh hopefully i high daily active user chains um because right now there's not a lot of active users and we're kind of just this circle of just people using the chain. And it's the same people, the same 5,000, 10,000 users. And it's the same thing on Ethereum. Ethereum has really low active daily users, but they have a lot of whales. And the DeFi space, you don't need 100,000 users. You just need a few handful of whales to kind of create that financial uh, product. But mm-hmm. uh,
3: because, you know, now that Tron has bought Steemit, we won't even be able to trust those daily active user counts anymore, huh? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Oh, I saw a million daily active users on Tron. At least that's what I hear.
3: <laughs> a million.
1: That, oh. that, that, that was just rumor, wow. right? I mean, Justin Sun buying Steemit. Is, that's, that, that's nonsense?
3: Is it nonsense?
1: It was, and yes, uh, I it? think the
5: headline was I, I like yes, Justin Sun buys Tron. And then shortly after, the sub-headline was is looking into... It's them. like whoa! You just removed two words, and when you go in the actual document, it's like Justin's son I bet Sprint, Ned would sell. in said, "Hey, have you seen Steam It? And you then, know, that's he, all it is.
1: He would probably do a better job than Ned Scott does has done. But like, uh, 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 where the Fud dies here, the Steam Fud dies here. They come.
3: <laughs> I do want to make an EOS <laughs> Fud
2: die. An EOS yeah.
3: Fud die would be pretty. Would be pretty great,
2: right? Make that a D twenty, I think. Uh, have i missed some major piece of news where where block one announced a voice consortium public chain or something because i've heard like multiple people mention voice chain i know they're using back-end blockchains but did i miss something no they bought
4: Uh, that's just what i'm calling it oh Oh, okay
3: they have their
4: own chain for their own sort of like and 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 a lot of applications should do that they should they should
5: yeah Yeah,
4: for sure, okay, things, right?
5: that's what I mean by the architectural blueprint kind of first design to showcase everybody, look, this is how you can run it successfully right. for it to be, it sounds- for, for it to make financial sense, yeah. but also secure sense and, and, you know, decentralized sense or whatever. So,
1: so I it's was an idiot for making either. fun of EOS FedEx for spinning up their own chain then
5: because, um, Yeah. Okay. To... Well, I'll, no, the I'll, problem I'll with EOS Phinex though, is that, that the settlement layer is on their own chain, right? Right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but they're moving away from that. I can't really say very much on, on that front, but the idea is not for them to run it on their own. If you look at EOS Phinex right now, there's really no utility. So you, it's still in beta in a way. Yeah.
1: But I like yeah, how you so. really pronounce the T's. You're going to say something, Peter? Peter. Peter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, EOS Phinex, that was also in a different era. You know everyone was talking mainnet 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 there were very few of us thinking about this this multi-chain and voice is going to be on multiple blockchains some permission right. some not uh, for sure so of course there was a huge what
1: amount was wrong of wrong with us yeah so we were on the light. hopium i don't know everything was wrong with us it was insane
2: like we thought <laughs> that every app was going to be fully integrated with the public mainnet that makes no <sighs> sense <laughs>
1: Well, i think it shows we were so hopeful
5: <laughs> we were still living in 2017 or something i don't know i think it shows how decentralized eos is so everybody's got a vision for how it's gonna happen but uh, the actual reality doesn't give a shit about what you think it goes <laughs> and it adapts and it morphs and that's the power and the, and the beauty of decentralization mm-hmm. because we really don't know and basically we just we need to adapt to what's happening while it's happening um Adriana Mendez says that
1: we were all high that's that's what our problem was back then yeah I don't
5: don't think it's it's not a negative thing right the idea that it's creating a decentralized mesh like what we're going I think it's it's even better than having just one location that we thought that one location was going to be decentralized
1: yeah for sure And and even Dan Larimer said um you know all you guys want is a centralized market cap and that's not actually how decentralization helps us create freedom so mm-hmm. you know d- dancing for a long time that a decentralized market cap or the wealth spreading out through all the chains is is probably better than a central but everybody wants their bags to go to the moon why i don't know how are we close to the moon right now maybe we need some more centralization i don't the moon know
0: Moon rotated to the other side of the planet so we're actually <laughs> oh
1: we're closer over there right <laughs> right we're it's approaching we're it's just the approaching trip. the dark side of the moon at the moment man when i found out that the moon never moved and rotate in perspective to the earth it blew me away anyways all right this how old been, were you uh, uh well uh, how old am i now 37 so i was a. No. Uh, 37
2: (laughs) 37. it's it's wobble stopped. So we're always looking at it. So finally dark side of the moon made sense.
1: Yeah. Finally pink, uh, you know, all those, all those times I listened to pink Floyd while smoking weed in college and I never really got it.
0: There's always a dark side, but there's actually the dark side. I I, I, I think I'm
1: starting to find a thing here. I need to smoke less weed. Anyways, (laughs) my bags would be heavier and my brain would be lighter. (laughs) <laughs> All right, fellas, this has been a really great one. James, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Uh, all-star performance, first time. We really appreciate you. You're welcome on anytime. Uh, Peter, love love the little baby Rick back there. You know, he's welcome on <laughs> anytime as well. I brought my Rick mug because I was hoping that you would have baby yes. Rick. Um, thank you for coming on again. We love what you do. You're a content creator. I always appreciate content creators. Eve and Denny you guys are regulars at this point so you know I really appreciate y'all jumping on too. Zane write us out here man
0: well I definitely got some fresh perspectives on this one usually it's I come in I kind of know the topic I have a good idea of what what to chat about but you guys definitely brought some of the most perspectives from the outside that so I really appreciated that hope you guys as well listening online got some got some good insights we've we got 51 52 people watching yeah. right now this we is didn't our have nice. sure. we didn't have too too many questions from the audience this time so maybe they were just sitting back thinking as well like huh whoa yeah maybe just trying to absorb uh, it as well so maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing for sure yes yeah. So th- yeah,
1: and thank you for everybody for hitting the little thumbs up or whatever, you know, we don't, we don't really show ourselves on the show to try to get a bunch of likes and stuff, but we do appreciate them. So, and we appreciate everybody showing up. It it really makes this so much more fun and for sure gives Zane and I a lot more incentive whenever we see an active chat, like we did today. Uh, and man, I think this might be the first time we hit, uh, over the 50 person mark live streaming. So thank you everyone for that. Um, you know, next Wednesday's Christmas. If you celebrate, uh, I, I hope you have a really great Christmas. Um, you know, we're, we, we we probably won't have a show next week, but I don't know. We'll see if Zane and I want to jump on and talk about some stuff. And, uh, and, and New Year's is the next Wednesday, so it might be a couple weeks until we see everyone again. But, you know, it's got, got some old faces in here. Haven't seen in a while. Adriana, I really appreciate you jumping in here today. Uh, it, it was funny. Somebody said podcast on podcast on podcast on this one because everything EOS was in here. As well as layer one podcast. Of course, we're we're fans of both of those shows. Go check them out. Everything EOS and the Layer One podcast. Your boy Ash Oro was the first guest on the Layer One podcast. So go check that one out. It's a couple months ago, but um, yeah, we just a lot of appreciation today. This is this has been a great show, guys. Thank you so much. And
2: thanks to everything, or sorry, not everything. EOS, thanks to EOS Radio <laughs> for hosting the show, and I hope it continues in 2020. <laughs> well, hey, th-
1: th- those guys at everything. EOS, they're they're a good looking crew. Yeah. So
2: yeah, I heard uh, that. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, we no, we 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 really appreciate it. You know, and, and Zach, thank you for jumping in. Everything EOS, you know, it's really cool to see content creators supporting each other. Um, yeah, Kai Primo, thank you for jumping in as well. Uh, yeah, just a lot of love here. I hope everyone rolls out of 2019 like a boss and gets ready for 2020. We could, we could see some real fireworks. You know, we've got the uh, voice launch on, on uh, Valentine's Thunder. Day. Yeah, Valentine's yeah, Day. That's Friday. Right? So that should be fun. Um, so yeah, if you want to hear from teams, if you want to hear about topics, you know, let Zane or I know. We'll be glad to try to bring people on. Um, and yeah, share the show and let's see if we can uh, get a little excitement going on here. I know it's tough whenever crypto is still bearing down on us, but you know, I hope this EOS radio is a bit of an outlet for some joy and some happiness here. So thank you everyone. I really appreciate y'all Zane. Thank you for putting the show together you know, you do an awesome job. You've got your VA. Oh, if anybody's looking for a virtual assistant, hit Zane and I up. We can help you out uh, with with a virtual assistant. that can help you with some administration tasks or customer support or executive assistant tasks and stuff like that. So let us know it. We wouldn't be able to produce this show if it wasn't for our virtual assistant Dexter. So shout out to Dex over in the Philippines. Um, Until next time, you guys keep building Freedom. (laughs) (laughs) See you, everyone. See you, Zane.